DJ and PK, it's time to talk BYU football with Danny Reed, the play-by-play voice of Georgia Southern. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Danny, good morning. Good morning, boys. I appreciate the Tom Petty learning to fly as my intro music. That was well done. <laughs> Jake, Jake is in charge of those things. Yach is, uh, <laughs> is all powerful when it comes to uh, music choices during the course of the show. Unless PK starts singing, but PK's voice is taking a beating this week. So I think, uh, I think he's going to hold off on the singing until next week. I guess the first question for you right out of the gates is uh, the point spread in this is huge. The assumption is BYU is going to win big. Uh, Aside from a slew of fumbles, a slew of turnovers that will change any football game. Aside from that, is there any reason to think that uh, the point spread and the expectations are off base? No. The way that Georgia Southern's played this year, the way that BYU has played lately, it lends it to the fact that even though Georgia Southern has been great at home historically, it just hasn't been a very good Statesboro. And you can kind of look at changing coaches four games into the season to think that, okay, the season's definitely going to go one way instead of the other. But I will applaud what interim head coach Kevin Whitley has done to at least stabilize things and make sure things don't go completely off rails. Getting a win last week against Texas State meant a lot. And even though it was an ugly win, it still was a win. But I do anticipate a factor that Paulson Stadium hasn't had in five years, and it's the fact that it's going to be a sellout crowd. We haven't had more than 20,000 people in the stands since 2016, working to get close to that last year with COVID. But when those guys take the field, whether you're a Cougar or an Eagle on Saturday, and they see that those fans are completely in the stands, I think it's going to add an element that we just haven't seen, and I'm curious to see how both deal with it. So I can look at the stats and and try to figure out what's going on, but why don't you just tell us, what do you think that the team does best offensively? For Georgia Southern, it's typically about the run game. They've been so steep in the option when they brought the program back 40 years ago. And it was Tracy Ham's slant on the option, affectionately called the ham bone, led national championships in 85 and 86. And it it just kept continuing, whether it was Paul Johnson, Mike Seawalk, Jeff Munkin. It's always been about the option. Seven years ago, adapting that to more of a shotgun pistol look, still kept winning. But then after another coaching change, it's just been very inconsistent since outside of a 2018 season when the Eagles won 10 games. This year, they're doing a little bit of everything. They're still running option. It's not nearly as much. They've implemented RPO. They've implemented drop back. They've tried to dip their toe into a lot of different pools. And when you have to start three different quarterbacks the first three weeks of the season, you've got a bunch of guys that are injured in your skill positions. it's, It's tough to say that the Eagles are still a true option team. You might see... 10 to 15 snaps of it all total tomorrow in terms of pitch phase. But run game, it's a lot of inside zone. It's a lot of pulling the backside guard, the old gap scheme. It's just Georgia Southern trying to find what works because when they've gone option, typically that has not given them success this year. So on the defensive side of the ball, uh, how does Georgia Southern stop Tyler Algier, who's over 1,000 yards running, and he's not the only running back who can hurt you, and the quarterback can run, and the quarterback has also had success throwing to tight ends and multiple wide receivers. Which of those options scares Georgia Southern the most? 
Uh, I don't think there's one over the other. I think it's the fact that it's all of them. We meet with our coordinators every Thursday and talking with Scott Sloan. This is an offense that isn't that complicated, but they just do so many things well. Receivers that catch, receivers that challenge, receivers that adjust to the football, a quarterback that can do everything, whether it's run, pass, or just be poised in the pocket. For somebody that doesn't have that 6-6 frame, I've never seen somebody more relaxed in the pocket in all the film that I've watched. And then, oh, by the way, Algier is seventh in the country in rushing. He reminds me a lot of Adrian Peterson, who, of course, played here and won the Peyton Award as the school's all-time leading rusher, D1's all-time leading rusher in the regular season. And I say that for the way that people just seem to bounce off of him whenever he gets any kind of contact. It looks effortless for him. And I know he's only a sophomore, but I anticipate that he's going to be running up and down NFL fields very soon. And I don't know how the game's going to go tomorrow, but it's going to be a pleasure to watch him work however long he's out there. What is uh, Clay Helton doing as far as being active in the program? He's been here for a little more than two weeks. He's been hitting the recruiting trail quite a bit. He's been going to some community events. We actually have a Feed the Borough event tomorrow morning right before kickoff that he's going to be at over at Statesboro High School. He's been trying to shake as many hands as possible, meet as many people as possible, and really for him he's learning on the fly about the culture of Georgia Southern, which is good and bad. But for somebody that's trying to put the program back to where it was not too long ago, the fact that he can learn about so many successes and things that haven't worked, he's getting both ends of the story at the same time. And as he's going to try to eventually get onto the field, build a staff, get his coordinators, figure out who he needs to recruit, that's when rubber will meet road. But right now, it's a lot of goodwill stuff. He will be at the game tomorrow. His wife is actually going to be shooting off the the cannon from the Georgia National Guard that's been – put in our stadium over the last four years so that's going to be a cool thing for them and after he saw a torrential downpour against coastal carolina two weeks ago he's going to see beautiful weather tomorrow in a packed stadium so this is going to put him in a lot better mood i would think yeah <laughs> so we have uh here in utah traditionally kind of things have kind of faced towards california there's a lot of californians here but over time we've gotten accustomed to Texas football TCU was in the same league and we hear about uh, with Utah and BYU for a while and so we hear about and we see how much passion there is how many fans there are how many uh, athletes there are in Texas and so how many college football teams they can support does Georgia have the population base the the passion and the athletes to for Clay Helton to build a really good program in Georgia Southern Oh, for sure. And I know I'm only saying it's 25,000 in the stadium, which was expanded seven years ago, but it is as rabid a fan base as you're going to find. I think it's an SEC environment, just not nearly the size of an LSU at Texas A&M and Alabama, Florida, or things of that nature. The people feel the same way about their football. It's just that the fact that their stadiums are about a quarter of the size But I think when Coach Helton got on the ground here and he started meeting people and he started truly understanding what things like True Blue and GATA and how Irk Russell just instilled a culture of winning down here and it happened so quickly, that's a lot to live up to. When you look at six national championships over a span of 15 years and 11 conference championships, and this has all been done over four decades. This isn't something that was created back in the early 1900s. It is a very proud, despite it being a relatively brief tradition, they packed so much success 
into a short amount of time. And those are all the things that Coach Helton is getting a chance to learn about. And he's also going to see that the state of Georgia has a lot of talent, both known and unknown. It's not always about four and five stars, which I'm sure he's going to have success be at least being able to talk to. But the thing with the Eagles is they've been able to stake their claims in being just a great program without having to get those kind of players. They get the guys, the, the, the whole runs try harder deal that Eric Russell came up with, the guys that everybody overlooked that simply loved to play the game. They loved him and they loved each other. So I'm wondering if that can be balanced with an increase in recruiting, which I do think is going to happen pretty quickly once Coach gets a chance to get his thing going here within the next couple of weeks. So I'm looking at the stats on ESPN, and Hood looks like he's a good receiver. They list him at tight end, and then I open up the bio, 5'10", 175? Yeah, he's not a tight end. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. That's good news. <laughs> so what the heck? <laughs> he, well, see, the offense is different because we don't really have tight ends. We have H-backs. They're listed as tight ends. But they play more in that wing position. You'll see multiple guys there, whether it's Bo Johnson, who's tight end size. You'll also see Chase Hancock and then Sean Pelkison will get some looks as well. But for Caleb, he'll play a number of different positions. He'll be involved in pitch phase when the Eagles go option, when he motions around the gun to the pistol. They'll get him in true slot where he'll catch between five and six passes. He'll be involved in the return game. And he's had to be that versatile considering that Georgia Southern's without Wesley Kennedy this year, who didn't return after he opted out towards the end of last year. He had a legal situation. Unfortunately, he had some mental health issues earlier this year. So we're hoping that things definitely improve with him. But it's just another example of how this team just keeps taking punches. They have to keep finding ways to just get 11 on the field. Thankfully, though, with Caleb Hood, his versatility has been something that has been very good to see. Well, we appreciate the time and a little bit of a scouting report on uh, Georgia Southern. Danny, thanks for joining us, and enjoy the game. You got it, guys. Thanks very much. Danny Reed, Georgia Southern play-by-play voice. That's crazy, man. All those Georgia Southern Eagle fans decided this was the game they wanted to go to. (laughs) Danny's going to be in for a shot. It's the first sellout crowd. People are fired up. <laughs> Might be five or 10,000 BYU fans fired up. Just saying. Oh, I would think so, yeah. yeah. I've, I have not covered Georgia Southern, but I've been there when BYU played Georgia Tech. And so I didn't know where Georgia Southern was. It's the so, south part of the state. Thanks, Coach. Uh, three and a half hours from Atlanta. An hour from Savannah. And an hour 45 to Augusta, Georgia, home of the Masters. And I'm sure people drive up from Jacksonville. For BYU fans, you know, if they're not in this part of the country. They'll come from Maine. (laughs) The Bahamas. I was going to say Bermuda. I was going to say Charlotte and Columbia. Come on, pretty mama. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, sing it. Sing it. Johnny's going to fill in and sing. Johnny's going to fill in. They'll come up from Key Largo. Yeah, I would suspect Aruba. We're on the boat right now. Oh, man. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, you got an Ashley Rank Cougar team, and the fact they're over there, I mean, that's as far away probably as they're going to play in uh, who knows how many years. Yeah. uh, As they get into the Big 12 schedule. That's going to cut down on the 
we see the whole country and we reach out to our fan base everywhere games. But I mean they only sold that because that's what they had to sell. Right, exactly. And so they don't they don't really want to sell that, but they sold it because that was something that sounded good. I guess West Virginia will be their game in the Eastern time zone every two years. Yeah, well then you have to see that probably Which, the, the 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 place where they travel the most, what's the rotation of the playoff bowls. <laughs> you know Good. what I mean? So, yeah. So, I, I don't have that memorized. I will once we get in. They finally get access that they've been denied all these years. Then you'll start every year. You'll know Peach Bowl. Yeah, well, what the ro- rotation is. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I figure probably by, what, 2040, they'll have more Rose Bowl appearances than the Utes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, no slowing down this train, man. I mean, come on. You got God on your side. And Kalani, which is kind of the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're pulling out the big guns in this segment. <laughs> wow, we're go. a week away from Thanksgiving. I mean, he's in my heart right now. Okay, then. Kalani is, I'm speaking. Like every other week of the year. So, uh, there'll be so many, uh, I don't know what uh, the Eagles' uh, colors are, but there'll be so much blue in that stadium. And it's cool that it's going to be a nice day. Uh, to be there and to sit outside. What uh, what time does it start? Uh, Two o'clock here. Yeah, so Two p.m. Four o'clock there. Yeah. So at least the the first half of the game will be in the daylight, and then you got to sign up for some something. Yeah. Can you help me out? I mean, I pay like I got two television systems and i still can't get the freaking game. True story. I've got like yeah. five people wanting to use my login. So good luck getting mine. Um, Okay. Like, yeah, if there's a line, you know where I start? I'm At aware. At the front. I'm aware, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> not halfway to Terra Hut. Uh-uh. No. PK I, gets Terra Hut. Right. Uh, not Terra Hut, Terra Hut. Yeah. Well, it's football, man. I'm in football <laughs> hut, mode. Hut. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, my own. I pay all this money. I'm paying like $9,000 a year for television, and I still can't get this freaking game. That's a true story. Isn't it great? Yeah. Technology's awesome. I love progress. Yeah, come on. I mean, he's a nationally ranked team, man. They've been nationally That's, ranked for two straight years. Everybody's trying to find a reason to stick Blame those the games Sunday on conference. The... <laughs> well, I mean, ESPN could put it on ESPNU. They right, choose not to. Right, exactly. They, they want to see if they can get some more people to sign up for the streaming service. Well, I ain't signed up for no streaming service. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I got two. I got the Comcast and, I and, and Direct. I mean, I I'm, I'm paying out through the nose. To watch sports for work. Yes, I agree. I know. You're right. I mean, no joke. I must pay 400 bucks a month for all this stuff. And it's work-related, too. You got right. your Red Zone. You got your Pac-12 network. But they're just going to keep spreading properties out everywhere. It'll be one more thing you have to pay for. Well, I Streaming's won't. not no. going to be cheaper. Well, right. Yeah, but once I quit the job, I ain't I know. Be- <laughs> then you don't have that whole, I have got to see this game. Right. Well, when you're retired, you don't have to. You might want to or you'd well, like it, to. It, yeah, I'm not. But you're not going to pay 400 bucks for a want to or like to. You, you're right. paying all that money because you have to. Right. Right. And, yeah, so I'm not going to do that down the line when I'm going to be on a fixed income, whenever that might be. But uh, it's a good opportunity for folks down there to uh, see them, and they're going to be out there and in just massive numbers as they as they are usually and the fact that they're flying high what what's their record now eight and two yes yeah well should go to nine and two yes once you go to nine and two no matter what happens next week it's just a a successful season 
hard for me to look at. Nobody was demanding 10 at the start of the year. At 9-3, and you're at the top end of all the predictions, or you've overachieved many of them. Well, I I mean, I look at it for most programs. If you win nine ballgames, that's a pretty good season. And if you win 10, it's a great year. Yeah, yeah, and anything above that is just obviously even more outstanding. DJ and PK, we are broadcasting live. We are at Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. We have got a ton of jazz gear and jazz caps and had a uh, family just stop by a few minutes ago, and it looked like Christmas morning over there as everybody was grabbing something. So stop by Murdoch Chevrolet, Woods Cross. We've got jazz T-shirts over there. There's jazz caps over there. You can come on in, help yourself. Johnny Lightfoot. We'll sing and we'll help you shop for gear. So you got that going for you. He'll also make sure you register to win the Utah-Oregon tickets. We'll be giving those away at the end of the show. And somebody is going to get tickets to see the Utes and the Ducks tomorrow night. DJ and PK, we are live at Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. The 2022 Silverado is up to $1,500 off. The 2022 Equinox Blazer Traverse. All 0% financing for 72 months. And it's a season of giving. Murdoch and customers partnering to give back to the communities we all live in and serve. Murdoch partnering with Al Sporting Goods and the Utah Foster Care System. Every new car sold in the month of November, customers get a $100 Al Sporting Goods gift card with a Murdoch VIP discount code, which gives the customer up to 30 to 50% off. A portion of every new car sale will be donated to the Utah Foster Care System. Over the last two years, that has led to over 400 pairs of new snow boots for the kids in the Utah foster care uh, system. Here at Murdoch, they've got over 1,000 quality used vehicles, and they've got dealerships from Logan to Linden covering the Wasatch Front. We are here in Woods Cross. Stop by, say hello, help yourself to some uh, jazz gear, the caps and the hats, and register for those tickets to see Oregon and Utah tomorrow night. We're here till 10 a.m. Joe Ingles is coming up next right here on The Zone Sports Network.